0: Hello and welcome to this episode of How Would You Run That? A Dungeons and Dragons podcast and ideas factory with me Lucas Tomlinson and me Jake Hanna. In this podcast we'll be discussing some aspect of Dungeons and Dragons an encounter, location, trap, puzzle, NPC, PC, God, magic item or really anything that can exist in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Importantly we'll then be asking each other the question How would you run that? At the end of each episode one of us will reveal the topic for next week's episode to the other, and ask how would you run that, giving us each a week to research, plan, and prepare how we would run said thing.
1: Today's episode is on an invisible stalker. Lucas, how would you run that?
0: Do you want to hear something cool? Always. Is it pineapple? No, it's not a, not a cool word, but something cool. Well, I say it's Cool. Is it cool? Yeah, I don't know. yet. it's cool. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I'm filling it up now. Do you remember Stephen Mulhern? Yes. Yeah. Right. I today at work watched uh, an online sort of um, how would you describe it? A uh, series of seminars that was presented by Stephen Mulhern.
1: Interesting. This is what he does in between children's TV shows, Anton Deck magic shows,
0: and. I mean, it must be. Yeah, it must be this. This is his grown-up job, you know. That was his younger Stephen Mulhern job, and now he's got a, a job where he talks to like life coachy type people and people who have you know written motivational, self-helpy stuff, and uh, he chats to them in between their uh, their virtual sessions. I mean, you say grown-up job. Not six weeks ago did I see him
1: in upsettingly tight hot pants, spray-painted <laughs> head to toe gold, making pretty hefty innuendo on primetime Saturday night television. What was that? That was Anton Deck. Oh, Stephen Mahoney was on. Of course he does that, doesn't he? Yeah. But okay, so Mm. when he's not doing that massively public childish job... His grown-up job is life coaching or talking. Or was it talking to life yeah. coaches or what so was he doing?
0: He sort of introduced the day, It's like a, a couple of days event thing, and yeah. you know there there are different people you know talking about the various things that they are motivational for or whatever. Yeah, and he did the introduction at the start, and he did like the in-between bits, like "Oh, so good to see you again." Like oh, that's really interesting. Here's some Q and A with our live audience, <laughs> um, and did all that sort of spiel in between. And wow. I'm like, okay, I guess I get all right. So you've got me. He's on Saturday night. Yeah, still Saturday night takeaway. This is how little, like, live television I watch. Like, I've just been consumed by Netflix and I haven't seen him in, in years and just assumed that he'd sort of petered out somewhere. But I'm doing him a disservice if he's rocking it with Anton Tech. Yeah. Mm. But, you
1: know, that's a very short-lived thing. So he's got to do something the rest of the year.
0: I guess, but it does. this does detract from... I thought it was a really big deal that I'd seen him because I thought, like, oh, that's the one you've not seen in a while. It's <laughs> like... I sort of put it in the same category as if this, this you know, serious work thing that I was doing was introduced by Dick and Dom at the start right but obviously not um, it's still cool
1: mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. I can give you something equal levels of cool <laughs> so not very yeah I completed Digimon World well done thank you 100% that out. get all the Digimon to the town turns out it's one of those games that never finishes, so that was cool. You... No like
0: wasn't the video when you beat the bad guy, isn't there?
1: Yeah, so you can beat like the main bad guy, analog man, spoilers. Uh but you can beat him at any point after you've got like fifty percent of the city sorted out. Oh. Yeah. That's when the But there's no
0: there's no completion extra bit. Not to make it all a worthwhile. Sausage,
1: no, you you beat the bad guy, you get a little bit of FMV, which in the year two thousand was big fucking deal. Um, full motion video for any of you new children and that's that's fine you see your character get like sucked back into the real world and they turn their friends I was in the digi world and they're like fuck off you were you prick and they go oh shit and then mummy man mom turns up and he's like you must come back to the digi world and he's like see you later guys he gets his cool book out and says some like quips jumps straight back in
0: <laughs> guys is definitely a cool word. <laughs> guys <laughs>
1: you got to say it with, like, one finger pistol. Yeah, I did the same thing, yeah. (laughs) So you dive back in, and that basically is, like, the continuations. And you still got City to do, but you've accidentally completed the last boss, and you want to go back and finish. Fine, let's you do that. Anyway, you go and get all the Digimon, and that's it. Nothing happens. You just get this consistent message,
0: which is, well, everything's cool now. Better let your Digimon die and get a fresh one. Like... And you only get that if you go to the guy and talk to him. There's no like prompt or anything. It's just like, it it just happens. Yeah. The only way you'd know you'd finish, and to be honest, if you're doing it properly,
1: which I was not, if you're doing it properly as like an 11 year old child in the early 2000s, you would be religiously going back to Gigimon, the one that looks like a mop, saying, What now? And he'd be like, There is literally nothing more you can do. The city is fantastic, he says from his baked bean can house. But he's really. Bigging the shit up anyway long story short finally finished it nothing extra special happened kind of a letdown oh that sucks the nostalgia trip of playing it was really good fun
0: that's good i guess that's always a sort of double-edged sword of going back to things that were great when you were a kid because you relive it but then at the same time it's like well you know you you sort of put it on a pedestal somewhat and it's hard to live up to that expectation
1: of what it was before that's it I remember enjoying it for the gameplay and the gameplay is the same. So apart from being quite slow in terms of like loading screens and just movement and stuff, well, you can mm-hmm. speed that all up with emulators. That's okay. So yeah, you can get yourself up
0: to modern speeds and yeah, it was good. Good fun. Would recommend. So here's something I've been getting into like sort of on and off past year speedruns. watching those on, on mm. YouTube rather than actually playing a game or buying a game, you know, <laughs> straight to the speedrun, you can see the best bits.
1: 10,000 times. Yeah. How-
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen a speed run for Digimon World
1: no it's got to exist it's got to exist to be honest I mean I wasn't trying for a speed run but I'm not going to lie I got like the oh, first no, no. Uh, 30% within like one day of my Digimon's life I thought that was pretty good going <laughs> but that's because I know where all the the things are and what you have to do yeah. and there are certain trigger events that take time that you can't do but yeah the hardest I was on like 90% for ages and the hardest thing was having a shit enough Digimon that would become Numamon which is that Mm. sort of like alien-looking goo Digimon that throws poo around, green thing with eyes on stalks. You need him because he's the slippery one that can fit inside the
0: teddy bear costume that lets you open the door in the Lego mansion. I remember when we were younger, we had a save, or you might be able to save, where we were too good at Digimon tamer that we couldn't get one of those crap ones. Yeah. So how did you reverse your goodness?
1: Um, I googled it. And it turns out if you just neglect your Digimon but let them shit in the toilet instead of on the floor, that's enough. You just need to not overtrain your Digimon,
0: and have relatively pants stats. Games are just so different now to what they used to be. You could never... like How how long would that have taken to, get, like, to fill your roster? Everything. That would yeah. have just... It's nearly impossible. Feels like a time where
1: you would have bought a game and that would be it. And I remember that being the case. You get a PlayStation game, it would be like 20, 25 quid, which was the absolute fucking earth. And then (sighs) because we'd either maybe read about it in a magazine possibly, or you're just going off word of mouth or what cover looked cool, that was, you picked the game, you bought the game, you had the fucking game, so you had to play it. And there wouldn't be another game for, it feels like, months, you know?
0: Mm.
1: So, yeah. Keep going back to them and keep... Sinking hours and hours and hours in, but honestly I don't have a proper answer of how long it would take to do legit.
0: No, no I wasn't I wasn't asking like but uh No. I wasn't trying to get an estimate of time for me J Oh no, don't. no,
1: not at all. I don't even know how long I put into this one. It's probably about six hours. Which is respectable. It's not too bad. Yeah, that's not so bad. How about how about you? Apart from reveling in Stephen Mulhern's Glorious glow. Well,
0: you've you've taken that from me already. Um, <laughs> I guess what's what's new with me? I don't know. Got a haircut yesterday, first time in six months, so that's Wild. exciting. Wild. Wild. Um, I timed it terribly with lockdown starting just after Christmas. I sort of I was ready for one, like mid-January. Hmm. You know, for my birthday, thinking get a haircut. Then lockdown happened, so I can get a yourself. haircut. <laughs> Treat yourself. yeah. yourself yeah. <laughs> uh, to a haircut, and then yeah, I, I don't know. I was ill as soon as the. Um, shops opened again so I had to cancel my appointment and sort of put it on and, but finally, finally had a good cut Feels good we, Yeah, this is where we live in Cold, cold head always Yes After a big trim But that's, that's about as exciting as my well, No, that's not true actually My sister moved into a new house at the weekend Oh, cool Got to help her move in so carrying boxes. Is that the one out in Wakey? He's moved to Wanky. Wakefield, yeah. <laughs> 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 Shakey wakey. Nice. Um, but yeah, I guess this is the thing, though. This, this is what qualifies exciting news at the moment. Any sort of social contact with a human outside your house? Any. I've seen other people. Nice, mm, <laughs> nice. Actually, I went to a pub for the first time again, actually. Hey. It, since it opened. Um, just after work, just to a, a place that does walk-ins um, at Kellam Island near us. That was pretty good. What's a walk-in? Well, you know how everywhere has to, you have to book online to get ah, a table and stuff? yes, yes. This is one that you don't do online bookings. You just have to go and see if there's a table available. Try your luck. Okay. Yeah, and there was, so we did. Lucky. But it was, it was the only... Like, Kellam Islands. there's quite a few pubs. And um, we had a little walk around first because we were going to go somewhere else. And um, it was the only place that was open on Tuesday. No way. So, well, again, it's just... It's just I guess it makes sense. It's not as busy, hmm. but... I don't know. Just still, it's still weird. It is a bit, isn't it? I feel like we need to get to summertime
1: and things will start feeling a little bit more regular. Yeah. Have you gone to many places? No, I've been to one pub for a friend's birthday a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's nice. But that was cool. Like he booked it as soon as it was available to book, and he was like, "We're going to the pub. Who's in?" And then had to try and find. It wasn't difficult, but you know, get enough people to fill the, the booking yeah. over that. I booked it. We're going. Let's do it. And to be fair, it was pretty good. It was alright Yeah, nice Yeah, cool Great reviews I'm gonna amp up your life And turn your excitement dials to Pew Like 11 Invisible Stalker, tell me
0: about your session Aha, uh-huh. right, so I've read the words in the book properly this time Outstanding start I know I've got a good track record for things from the book For people who maybe don't know what Invisible Stalker is Or haven't looked at that page in the Monster Manual for a while uh, Page 192 in the Monster mm-hmm. Manual uh, an invisible stalker is an air elemental that's been summoned from its native plane and transformed by powerful magic. Its sole purpose is to hunt down creatures and retrieve objects for its summoner. When it is defeated, or the magic that binds it expires, an invisible stalker vanishes into a gust of wind. The main things I've picked out from this, this is just more information about, about it mm-hmm. as well, but like, I'm not going to read the whole thing off. But the main things are, it is summoned by someone. Mm-hmm. It will do what they say until it gets, maybe paraphrasing here, until it gets pissed off that it has to be enslaved by someone else. Yeah. At which point it doesn't, it can't rebel against it, but it will follow the instructions to the letter in an attempt to try and break free of its bond or mess up its request for the requester. Sure, it's looking for the loophole,
1: like monkey's poor wishes sort of thing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's invisible. It's a little bastard, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, and, and that's what that's what I sort of focused on. Like, it's the, it's the invisible bit that I thought. How is that going to be interesting, or how could? Because I'm trying to make it the focus of whatever we're going to build around it. You know, as, right. as as we sort of do. And I want it to be really like, I want to put this on the players. Like, this is invisible. It's not a case of, you know, where it is, roll with disadvantage, right? I want mm. them to think about how they could practically make it visible in some way, or, or, or combat it in some way. So, rolling it back, rolling it back. The main idea is there is a, maybe a bit Game of thrones mm-hmm. There's a kingdom okay. made up of lots of different families, and there's like a main royal family. And the main way that this now deceased king, R.I.P., kept power over the lands was by marrying all these various houses into his family. Okay. The king has died. Oh, shit. And now there's a power struggle to sort of see who's going to take the throne. Right. There is a clear succession, very clear document. And this has sort of like been going on with the main families. They've been talking about succession. And they've sort of come to an agreement of what the succession order is. Like who clearly, like it's the son, it's the second son, it's the, you know, whatever it is. Right. That's where we start. You're in this kingdom. This is sort of like the background like people are talking about the new king like oh it's been decided and all this but then the people in line for the throne start dying cool okay mysteriously compelling yeah and the reason behind it is you've got um one of the low-ranking people that's been listed feels incredibly slighted that he's been you know because let's say through marriage or remarriage he's lower in that list than where he expects himself to be
1: okay we're talking like zed list royal
0: yeah yeah He's like 39th in line to the throne now. Yeah. And he's like, well I should be at least 13th or whatever. Okay, okay. He has through his own, you know, he's, I'm not I don't want to be a wizard. I feel like we've had a lot of wizards. He's not a wizard. He's just a regular noble guy that has stumbled across this one spell to be able to summon an invisible stalker. Mhm. The instruction he has given to the stalker is and I'll see if I re- recite this perfectly first time. <laughs> I want you to kill whoever is next in line to the throne until I am king. Okay.
1: That seems nice and specific.
0: Well, so I've thought about how that could entangle for him with the specific Mm -hmm. wording. But yeah, the idea is this invisible stalker now is going from next in line to next in line, killing them off. Right. Um, And, and, you know, with the idea that he'll be made king. Um, What he doesn't know is, and how I've sort of thought it up, is that there's a delay between everyone dying and him becoming king. So at one point he's next in line to the throne and he's not king, thereby the invisible stalker can kill him and be released from its bonds. Yes,
1: one step earlier than it would normally have been, but
0: it's still yeah. sooner, and that's the sort of thing they do because they're vindictive, pissed off exactly. things. And these people are all over the kingdom, so the stalker flying around like it's taking yeah. a bit of time. It's you know they're described as um, like re- very reluctant in performing their duties. Okay, um, like they they can't like act against things that they're told to do, but. You know, very reluctant. Sure, I guess they're invisible, so you can't see the the sort of like you know rolling the eyes <laughs> and uh, you know like I'm imagining it like like Gromit from Walls and Gromit those sorts of expressions. You know, I
1: mean that's a very fun way to play it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's invisible; you don't see it. It's just to be a head cannon. Yes. Um. So that's that's the the story thing that's happening. Okay. How I would run this f- for players is. You know, they're in that kingdom. They're near that kingdom, whatever. And a boy stumbles across them. Or or it could be a girl, I guess. I'm thinking boy because I'm thinking of old school kingdoms where it's always the the male heir. But, you know, basically, 36th in line to the throne stumbles across them. The party. Yeah. And he is looking, like, disheveled and, like, you know, if you were to look more closely, you'd see that he's wearing very expensive clothes, but they're dirty, torn. Old, like and he's like scared and just like out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. Turns out he is, like I said, higher like 36th in line to the throne. So he's like a few higher than our bad guy. And he is running because he's scared for his life. He's seen various members of his family being picked off by this mysterious curse. Yeah. Um, and he is trying to escape it because he never wants to be king. He's nowhere near the throne, but it's getting close to him, and this curse that has befallen everyone before him, he's, that's what he's scared of. Uh, yeah. And as he stumbles across the party, he beseeches them to help him in whatever way they can. That must be a real
1: kicker for someone that's so far down the list, it's just from a character perspective, because you know they've got the cushy, pseudo-royal lifestyle without any of the real responsibility. They matter I don't know. Get some big comedy scissors and open a fantasy supermarket at some point, but that's about <laughs> as far as it's going to get. And then all of a sudden, it's like the local
0: the... supermarket,
1: yeah, it's not even the biggest supermarket <laughs> in the town. It's like, yeah, corner shop. <laughs> <laughs> He's opened fantasy spa or something, but steadily, the like the burden of responsibility getting closer and closer down the lineage. You think,
0: shit, I'm not ready for this. Also, everyone's yeah. dying. Double not ready for this. Exactly, and this is affecting everyone across the land again because the family is so well married out. Right.
1: On the time it would take for the news to travel and coronations to happen, no wonder it's taking time for people to become king,
0: regent, queen. The small folk are talking about the curse that has befallen the family, and you you can extrapolate out from that, whatever. See, there are rumours that the king was murdered. He didn't die. You know that could be true or not. Yeah. The family has done deals with devils. You know, there's, there's some, by some way some curse has come about, and that's what's happening. And he and he is genuinely afraid of the curse because he's heard of you know his second cousin who was also scared, locked himself in a room surrounded by guards. You know, servants only came in twice a day to change his bedpan and bring him food. On the morning seven nights ago, they opened the door, he was dead. You know, invisible stalker can. Get through spaces as small as whatever it's made of air.
1: Yeah, same rules as an arrow isn't it? It can pass it like an inch or something, something like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so um, it can get anywhere, and it's invisible, and nobody knows that's what's killing people. But he knows certain information about it that, when he stumbles across the party and sees the big adventurers, he can inform them about, you know, this invisible thing that is killing people. You know, we can describe some of the. Defences or, or, or precautions that's overcome, like being locked in a room with no one else in it. Um, yeah, and and you know he's now two steps away from the throne. He's scared. Mm. Will the party defend him, save him, fight whatever it is? I was thinking that it gave them time to set up a trap. Yeah, you know to barricade themselves somewhere or research if if they can't think of something straight away, like find out. You know what they could do to unmask an invisible foe. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, the idea was to put it on the party so that they are put in a situation where they've got a you know a nice enough rich boy to protect, who promises them gold and riches, whatever, to save his life. And they have to think about how they would tackle an invisible enemy. Sure. I guess
1: the first bit then is that they have to identify that this is indeed an enemy and not some magical curse. Or A magical curse would have a a caster, probably. Yeah. How, yeah. how do we start them off? So maybe your party, your players, haven't read the book, The Master Manual, cover to cover. They're not aware of mm. all the things that can exist. Your boy comes up and says, there's a curse. It's killing all my family. It's gone through the last 35 of my lineage forebears, and now it's knocking on my door. Help. How do we start seeding that it's not, well, that it is what it is? How do How do you get it
0: going? Okay, so how about then that the small folk are calling a curse? He's not calling a curse. Yeah. He swears it's something because he was with one of his other family members when they died. Someone that, like, he was with a different cousin or something. Right. And they were, like, I don't know, 23rd in the list. This is way early on, yeah. This is much further on the list. So he he was present when the other one died, and that's that's partly why he's now fleeing on his own, because he doesn't trust anyone. But Mm -hmm. he swears that... um, he, he, he heard something so an invisible stalker speaks Orin. Yep. not a very common language but let's say then that um, as the invisible stalker was doing the murder on number 23 um, he said something audible or um, I don't know I don't, I don't want to give too much away I was thinking like maybe, maybe something f- like dust fell on him or something or, or the way it swept past um, a curtain or something it billowed out in the shape of it
1: What's the method of murder? Are we talking like strangulation or is it like bladed? Uh, is it a bloody thing or?
0: Looking looking at the image in the monster manual, it's, yeah. it's skewering with its like sort of sharp fingers, um, yes. this poor knight-like person. But reading the attack, it's bludgeoning damage. Hmm. So, I mean, not, I don't think it makes a massive amount of difference, but I'm imagining, um, what does it say about me this way? I'm imagining it. Imagine being <laughs> enveloped by the air mantle and it's just crushing it inwards Oh,
1: like a boa constrictor
0: sort of crunchity yeah. crunchity yeah but not like so like round because boa constrictor is very very sort of like pulling in mm. like well, it's constricting round, around you this is pressure from every direction
1: okay okay
0: I mean does it matter it could slit their throats with its sharp airy hand it could fill their face with air and blow out their head um it could do whatever the hell you want. It could suck the air out of their
1: lungs. It could do something thematically quite Ooh. brutal.
0: That would be good. If it's if it's like they can't like they're gasping for air, they can't breathe. Um because that sort of implies then that it's something to do with air. That mm. gets a little a little mm. prick in. I wouldn't say it matters greatly. Maybe it's different for for a number of people. And again, that sort of like trickles into the rumours that, that, that maybe the party hears from regular people in the town before they come yeah. across young I don't know, Bob. Bob, 36th line to the throne.
1: Bobbitt. Bobbit.
0: <laughs> Let's do it. It's not repulsive, but it's, like, quite innocent Bobbert
1: It's a sort of bumpkin name that's... It's the affectionate one that they've named the Billionth Child when they've run out of noble names. All of your fortitudes and Henry staffs are all dead, and now we're down to Bobbitt.
0: Yeah, he, little was expected from young Bobbitt, but... <laughs> As things would have it, he was likely to become king. Goddamn, if he didn't have a knack for making a wonderful roast dinner.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have a character trait, and that's his.
0: Yeah, that's Bobbitt. He makes a great roast dinner. Yeah. That's all that matters about Bobbitt. Maybe that's part of why he endears himself to the party. You know, like, long rest makes a good roast.
1: Like it, yeah. It seems very extravagant for a roadside camp to have a three bird roast with all the trimmings <laughs> and vegetables and yet here you
0: are smelling the smells so it's, like, it's just a small roast oh yeah i like i like him now <laughs> just 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 I that kill like it. small thing has endeared him to me yeah it's like um, like sam looking after frodo you know he's like he does all the shit work yeah all right so now we want to keep him alive as a party which is yep yeah good encouraging
1: <laughs> Let's think of what are, the, what are the beats then? How how do we get into this adventure? They now know that there is an invisible foe and you've had a couple of little seeds that suggest it might be air-based, but at the minute it still seems like it's non-obvious what is going on. So have you got any events planned that would help them advance their understanding?
0: I was thinking that most of the information would come from young Bobbers. That okay. he you know, in his fear, um, you know, and because it's his family, has received word of all the gruesome and grotesque ways that, you know, his family members have died. I mean this is this is sort of trickled out into the to the regular people as well, you know, it's 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 all that the kingdom is talking about at the moment because it's such a big deal. And there's a lot of uncertainty and talk of war and, you know, peace that's held the kingdom together now dissolving. Mm. So I'd say Bobber is pretty clued in on what has happened. That's good. Yeah, and be able to describe, you know, different ways that his family's died from, you know, something invisible, you know. So, and then have, like, little rumours. So, one person swore it was X. One person swore he saw a face. You know, like, drop things in to make them think it's, like, something immaterial, but that can hold form. Okay. Like, I don't want them to know too much about this thing. I don't want no. them to be set up, like, right, fighting in a, a corrupted air elemental. Um, let's get a big sack of flour tied to the ceiling and drop it when he arrives. You know, it's like but yeah. I want them to have the big sack of flour at the top before he arrives, thinking maybe this will work. Sure. Like I want it to be a bit of an unknown because yeah, like if they figure out too much, then it's gonna be less of a fun encounter.
1: Okay. Yeah, Boba opens his, his caravan from his his wanders and he's a solo traveller or something now, or whatever. He's got a space or he unrolls a big map and he's basically like the equivalent of all the bits of paper on the wall with like string tied between them all. Like, (laughs) could it be this? Could it be that? And he's like narrow down a couple of potential things or all the clues are gathered together. Mm -hmm. So you're not, so this sounds like we are doing away with the completely open-ended, something bad is out there. Go forth and find out what it is. This seems like you've got a a few more crumbs. And to be honest, that makes a bit more of a a dynamic session. It gives your players all those pointers, but you don't want to give them the page of the monster
0: manual because
1: that kills the fun.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I want to set them up for, to sort of expect it to come to them. And in okay. that sense, they've got time to prepare, think about, research how they're going to combat an invisible foe that can slip through any material. Mm. You know, they, they can't just hold up somewhere. I might give them a few locations what they might you know choose to hold up. Like maybe they're in a milling town. So if there is the big flour, you know, windmill. Yeah. Um, maybe there's an abandoned fort from the time before there was all the peace that's now falling into ruin but it's a pretty sturdy keep you know? so I'm mm. sure you could find some secure location to lock yourself away down there you know, things like that, so they've, they've got some choice in the surrounding immediate surrounding where they are, because they're not going to be able to travel for days and days because by then they're going to be set upon but that's pretty worth saying, I think, I think Bobbert would, by the sort of speed at which his family members are being killed off, he'd expect Maybe, maybe like, when they arrive in town, they hear word of, like, the 38th has now been killed. It's like, oh, God, I'm next. We've got, you know, a maximum of three days based on how quickly these have been happening. Sure. You took the next question out of my mouth. That's perfect. He Maybe he takes out his map and he draws a pin to where that person was. Yeah, yeah. And, like, oh, fuck. You know, based on, like, how long it took to get from there to there, it's probably going to be here tomorrow, the day after. Sure. So that's the important thing. That's
1: the driver isn't it you're saying we have an invisible foe we have some information and you have one fancy day to prepare because tomorrow it's going down and now Bobbit's going to
0: stick to the party like shit because he does not want to die yeah exactly and there's, you know, there's just just without thinking too much about it there's a number of ways you can make invisible foes fightable yeah yeah fairy fire is a really obvious one that's like boom you lit
1: up if it were a regular invisible person, you could do some more things, possibly, but I th- some of the issue yeah. will come in with this being an air elemental, depending on how you yeah. want to play it. Because if you had like a, a person who'd cast invisibility, then it could be that you chuck a bunch of water on the floor and you listen for foot splashes, or... Very good. Yeah, you, you go to an intentionally dusty room so that every bit of movement generates mm. turbulence. That's probably a reasonable way to do
0: it. Big bag of flour, very funny. <laughs> that was my first. It's like, might as well tar and feather it. Yeah, um, but just thinking out loud then so obviously if you're attacking an invisible foe and you have an idea of where it is you roll a disadvantage yep. what if it's a spell where you target a creature and they have to do a save and you not target them in the first place because they are invisible so you can't, you can't identify them to target them
1: I don't think you could. It's like a target that you can see and is in range is usually the wording of a spell or someone. Yeah. I think it's different if it's a target that you know. So if you were communicating with something or somebody that wasn't visible that seems like it's more of a mental connection. But generally speaking, spells are quite explicit. Probably
0: depends on the, on the spell then. Some of them probably will,
1: some not. Yeah, if it's AoE, area of effect spell, then sure, oh, yeah. that, that's a save all day long. But if a spell targets a single enemy, it usually says that you can see. So yeah, I'd say probably not. And if you thought that was really going to hamper a combat session, what you could do. You know, the sort of thing we talked about before with the Slard, this idea of having a top-of-the-round perception roll. See, this round, do you know where the invisible thing is? Yeah. This round, you know where the invisible thing is? Just to... Say you had a party full of casters, and they had no idea where this thing was. Or, like, rangers wanting to fire bows and arrows and stuff. Like, you can't just blind fire into a room and expect to hit something unless you had some idea. So, there... You could do some other shit. You could set up a bunch of um, chimes, you know, like your classic campfire oh, yeah. uh, s- sound defense, your know, cans on a string. Yeah.
0: yeah you do would. some
1: things like that. You, if they set up enough of those things, you think, okay, well, you've you've covered maybe your battle map. You've got this area of the room covered with a sound thing. You've got this area covered with dust. Your fairy mm-hmm. fire is this large. So provided it's in one of these spaces, you could roll with disadvantage. advantage. But if it's not in one of your detectable locations... You shit out of luck. You can't target it.
0: And I guess that then, if the party doesn't prepare well enough, and yeah. you know, there's some obvious way into the room, a window that they've not really thought about, or something. <laughs> like you know, they like we're all, yeah. all expecting a humanoid to walk in, then little Bobbert just starts like asphyxiating or something, like <clears throat> yeah, and that's sort of like the trigger. And then they know it's around him somewhere. That you know, that's the
1: interesting thing, isn't it? This is when we talk about the kick down the stairs route. Mm. Okay, you haven't planned well enough, Bobbitt's now being murdered at, <laughs> but you still want to give them an opportunity to react, so that would, that would maybe trigger your
0: combat, or do
1: something. Yeah. But...
0: I think that that's a surprise round for the Invisible Stalker, Yeah, at which point Bobbitt drops the zero hit points and starts making death saves, and then there's a timer on the rest of the action. Or mm. they can just heal him and be fine, like you know, D&D is... Yeah. Or a health potion down your neck. You're fine. Absolutely. (laughs) Stat blocks. A common has 4 HP. Yeah. Uh, An invisible stalker makes two slam attacks doing 2d6 plus 3 damage each. It's it's highly conceivable he's going to take 8 points of damage in one round of combat and die instantly. That
1: would be a shame. Well, maybe I'd do it as a grapple instead, but a grapple that asphyxiates him. So it's not like you're
0: not taking damage, you're just being killed. Mm, I guess you could do that way. I think. I want there to be consequence because mm. I feel like if it's plot armor and it's too obvious, and like, you know, if the combat goes on for five rounds or something, then it's a bit, hmm, well, yeah. we, he was never really in danger, but I'd like there to be, you know, good ending. You save him. He becomes King, cool. uh, and you know, and then the next plot is to find out why the guy, yeah. Number 39, the bad guy, why he's done this I and mean, unravel that. Um, and bad ending, he dies, you know, and then, you hear about the rest of the murders of the family up to this guy, 39, who's the last one. Hmm. And then, like, oh, why is he the last one? Maybe that's something interesting to find out and sort of trail it back that way. During which time your invisible
1: stalker has delayed the coronation through generating a massive storm to give him enough time to go and kill number 39, because fuck you very much.
0: Oh, I was thinking, like, um, you know, because he's, because he's thought about the wording of, of the command and the, until I'm king, you yeah. can still kill the guy that summoned him. Yeah. Uh, at which point, because and again, this is in the wording of the in the monster manual, because the, the guy who summoned him is dead like, he's then released.
1: Then it's the release, yeah,
0: it's like an infinite string. Yeah, so the line of murder would end with him, that would then be a big deal, you know, it's been a week now, no one else has died, you know, he was the last one, and then the rumours about him being some sort of dark magician or something come out, and the party follow it back and figure it out later. Yeah. Maybe we should name him. What's number 39?
1: Um... Do you want to make him sound obviously evil?
0: Yes, let's make him obviously evil, because there'd be no reason for him to come up in any conversation yet, because it's all been about the people that have come before. No one's thinking about who's later down the line. Yeah, but not as obvious as, like, Rich the Lich or something. No. Well, again, he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not a wizard. He's just a guy that there was, that's found in a book in his library one spell. Fair enough. Um, you need, like, a Draco sort of name where you know it's like, you're clearly a bad guy. Hmm. I want, like, uh, like Maleficent, or, but, like, something... Just Mal. Mal. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, Uncle Mal. Second Cousin Mal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now now I'm thinking Maurice. Maurice. Is that the guy from the family? Crazy
1: old Maurice.
0: Yeah, that's what... That's... Yeah. <laughs> mm. King Maurice. <laughs>
1: That would've worked out. Exactly. It's it's for the best that he gets murdered by his own
0: hubris. Yeah. It's a great family of namers as well. Bobbitt, Maurice. Like, is, is there a strong uh, yeah. Hmm. We
1: had Henry Stafford. I quite liked Henry Staff, that's cool. Henry Staff. I was trying to think of the noble names and
0: Oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Or maybe that's it. Maybe the names just get progressively worse as you can underline. You know, if you get to like fifty <laughs> I mean, get to like to fifty second, it's just like Al. You know, it's like two letter names it's not even bothering with the rest of it. Just like Charles three, <laughs> Charles not <I'm> the third, and <laughs> not even like I I I. It's just a th- no, number, just three. number three. No, just number three. Oh, fantastic! Well, in that case, if that's if that's like how the names get worse, what was the original king who just died? What was his name? If He's got the best name. Is it? Are we thinking like Harry Potter? Good, like Godric is like ooh Godric Gryffindor, or are we thinking like something that sounds very um like superfluous or or, or like uh, over the top? I want over the top, but I can't get Bonswazel out of my head. So. Bonswazzle, King Bonswazzle, <laughs> wow, where the hell did that come from?
1: I just I was trying to think of another word as like bombastic and bomb-ba-sa-ba-da-ba-da, and I just got stuck on Bonswazzle.
0: Bonswazzle. It's not a very good name. I know, but now I also can't think of anything else. (laughs) See? It's infectious. Damn it. Affectionately known as Bondswazzle. How can you make that a name? King Swazzle. Bonder is the big part. Like,
1: that's the bombastic. That's the plump Mm. and round and
0: Baratheon sort of name about it. Right. King Bonswazzle has died, (laughs) which has set the sequence of events in place. That uh, has led to where we are now. Okay, cool. So, I guess what else do you want to know about the plan? We've got
1: a gap at the minute between the party meeting um, Bobbitt and doing the fight. So, they've got one fantasy standard day in which to prepare. You gave a couple of clues as to the sort of stuff they might do, but DM-wise, have you got any sort of set pieces in mind for what they should or could do?
0: Yeah, so basically within a day's travel from where they are, they're just outside of a small town. Um, So it would make sense for them to go to the town rather than stay out in the woods. I would expect question mark. (laughs) Maybe they do stay in the woods, in which case you know there's just more directions for attack to come. And again. This could be information that Bobbitt gives them, you know, like you know, oh my, whoever, whoever, with a slightly better name than me, um, <laughs> was out in the open, like in a carriage, and you know, was killed. And no one, no one was seen coming or going. Yeah. Um, you know, it's trying, trying to deter them from being outside. Maybe, maybe he's really scared of being, you know, too far away from civilization. Like it's safer with people around.
1: You can do it easy enough, I guess, with everything, that it's not a railroading tactic, but everything you want to dissuade your party from doing, Bobbitt's got a relative who's died as a result of that course of action. Exactly. And he can flick through his pages or his, his big roll or his you know, twine across yeah. the walls. Sort of. Oh, no, but Graceless died as a result of being, she was in her carriage and she thought she was safe on the road and it still got her, but then... France Pants died when they went underground. They thought they'd be safe under the, yeah. the something, and yeah, you know, all these
0: different things that you don't want people to do. Exactly, and if they think of uh, thirty-five different plans that you as a DM don't want to do, then like to be honest, they're doing really well as a party. So <laughs> just give them one. Um, yeah. But yeah, you could dissuade them from doing different things by by throwing up ways that someone's died. Um, but yeah, this this small town—it's a small milling town. So we've got our, like we've got our our flour mill, yep. which, you know, I'm going cool. to make really clear. You see, as they enter town, there are people carrying sacks of flour. You know, like, it's, it's clear there's a mill with flour, because I just keep wanting to say the word flour now. Yep,
1: you walk through the fields of wheat with Theresa May dancing through them. There's a haze oh. across the city as the, the flour dust is constantly in the air from a big, busy day at the massive fucking mill.
0: Yeah, that's one option. <laughs> then we've got the, uh, the aforementioned crumbling keep. Mm-hmm. So, an old stone fortress. Um, there's not much. It's been picked over over the years. You know, it's not a great deal there.
1: It's mostly teenagers that dare themselves to go in there and spend a night.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like, oh, it's the cursed place, you know, but it's not really. It's just, yeah, yeah teenagers, graffiti, that sort of thing. Um, but still, you know, a lot of the, the the construction is still intact. So, if you you know, if you were talking to the people in town about where to where to hold up. You know, you might be persuaded, or it might be, you know, recommended to go there. You know, it's like, it's the old fortress, it's still sturdy enough. You know, that's where we would go if we were in any danger, which we're not, because it's fine. Unless <laughs> war comes, which now we're scared of because of the political unrest in the country. Yeah, okay.
1: So that's something that the town sort of got as a, an idea in their back pocket, where they would all go
0: and hold up in case yeah. of crisis. Cool. And again, because, because animosity is building between the main families in the in the kingdom... Minds are sort of going that direction anyway. Maybe, maybe as they walk past it on their way into town, like workers started to repair it somewhat, you know. So there's mm. like scaffolding up, and uh, you know, it's something that the town is actively doing to ready themselves should uh things turn for the worst. And then otherwise, I guess I would have and this is a cop out, but it's not a wizard, it's a druid. Okay, right? Some incredibly low ranking local druid is also on hand in town, like just by chance, he's also there in the inn you know like he doesn't he spends much time out in the wood, a circle of the forest druid but like he comes to town now and again you know to do a bit of well social interaction um and he would have some knowledge of I don't, I don't want to say the word elementals but he'd have some knowledge of invisible creatures and like i think i'd put him in there as like a bit of a spanner in the works mm. so he talks about fey creatures he talks about tricks, like, and, and, and spells that can manipulate the mind to believing something is invisible when it's really not. You know, like, things okay. that can affect your memory. You know, and perhaps that the um, the tales, because they're so different, of all these of all these murders... Sounds a bit fey to me. Yeah, like, manipulating people's recollections. If pipe encountered encounter him and, and talk to him, then he could sort of sow doubt in their mind as to what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be interesting. I, and again, I'm building all this to this one scene where the party are just waiting and they don't know what the fuck is going to happen, but they know something is going to happen. Yeah. I think that'd be really funny. It'd be funny for me and that's, you know, as a DM, that's that's the most important part of the whole thing, right? Absolutely. got to be fun for you. You're Dungeon Master, not the Dungeon Loser. Dungeon Bitch.
1: <laughs> okay. A slightly more mechanic question then that mm. just leads up from what you said there. Your party have set up in a space of their choosing... They've put up traps of their choosing. We'll probably talk more about traps in a bit. How do you set things going? Like, how do you? You're talking just there about that that moment of anticipation. How do you generate that?
0: I think I'll let them set it up and let them talk about it because I, th- I imagine this is going to be like a, a big. I mean, it's anything like to go off my place. It'll be a big discussion about what to do, and it'll go around yep. a bit, and you know, like it'll take will take a fair bit of like real life time to decide on the course of action. At the end of that, I'll ask you know what is it like? Explain to me then, really simply, what is it you want to do, and we'll set it up on on you know roll twenty, or if we like draw it out on a on a, on a table mat or something, mm-hmm. um, and we're set up. And then I'll ask them all what they're doing, and they're like, "Oh, I'm ready my bow at the window," or like, "I I ready to cast a spell," and like they're all like ready to pounce. And then five minutes goes by, ten minutes goes by,
1: and your ranger's arms shaking from the. Strain.
0: Half an hour goes by. Anyone want to do anything different? You're just, like, readying your action. Yeah, yeah, readying your action, readying your action. Okay, an hour goes by. Bobbitt falls asleep. You know, like, like all these, <laughs> like, like just, like, really draw it out. Keep asking if they want to do anything else. Like, I don't know, Try and try and bring something of their character out from them. Yeah. I don't want to say wind them up, but, like, to try and make them feel the sort of Long wait that their character is having to endure, and I'd say I'd say it's probably going to be three or four hours before anything actually happens. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what defense they've got in, you know, if they've got something that that's going to be triggered by the invisible stalker or something, then that's how you would do it. I'd describe the 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 chimes jangling or whatever else it is. You know, there's, there's no footprints. It's it's going to fly in, but the invisible stalker isn't bothered about being found. It's not doing it discreetly. It's just this is the way in whoosh in strangulate Bobbert job done and and that's that's basically it like I think I would I would really slowly draw out like you know ten minutes happens and then depending on the setting you know maybe they see a little rat scutter by you know and then maybe they then start thinking about oh Release, exactly is the rat gonna transform into something or um, if it's the the mill maybe the wind creaks like you know like clouds part and moonlight starts shining out I don't know just things that happen while you're while you're sat doing nothing for hours at night um with the sort of implication that something I'm saying might be relevant Ooh. yeah you're on high alert yeah like so the rat skulls in like I shoot the rat I cast my spell that I was praying at the rat whatever it's like yeah you <laughs> the rat explodes into meaty chunks um, <laughs> you know it's like mark off your spell slot you know, I'm not. I'm not saying like you know, like jump scares and stuff, but like, yeah, things no. things would happen, like really mundane, boring things, while I draw out this this series of four hours that they have to do something. Maybe Bobbert gets bored, doesn't fall asleep, and like you know wants to play cards or something. Um, yeah, I don't know, like some sort of in like yeah, he's he's getting a bit like antsy and just wants something to help him calm down. So he gets out his fantasy weed. Fantasy weed. Yeah. Yeah, maybe but in a puff of smoke, you just see the. Grip
1: of uh, an invisible hand coming through.
0: <laughs> yeah, if someone if someone is spending the time just watching Bobbert, mm. like rather than the entrance to the room. You could have some fun, but I think
1: you're right. It's down to, to some degree, your party and how much RP or how much anticipation you can load them up with and how jittery on edge you can get them. This would be where I'd be like, I'd be building the music, I'd be getting really close to the microphone from doing it online and just mm. really...
0: Saturating the sound and Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I picture it. And then yeah, if they've got something good set up that will help them detect it before it comes into the room, that thing will happen. And then the party is on alert, there's something invisible in the room with us, then what? If they don't do anything sufficient to stop it, then yeah, Bobbert starts getting strangulated or collapsed to the ground in a thud, and then there's still something invisible in the room and Bobbert is dying. Mm. So, you know, then it's then it's combat. And it combat's
1: really the only way through this, because the Invisible Stalker's going to do its thing. If it's been told to kill all the royals, it's not going to really worry about your party. It's just going to kill Bobbitt until he's dead.
0: Yeah, and he's going to use his turn to make attacks against Bobbitt unless he is engaged otherwise to the party. Yes. And that's entirely on theme for the Invisible Stalker as well. Yeah. There's a high chance Bobbitt's not going to make it through this encounter. Yeah. Which is sad, because he makes a mean roast. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the consequence if they don't... I don't know. I don't want to say if it's, you know, it's their fault if they don't prepare well enough. It's like, you know, or have a good enough idea, but like, um, I yeah, I, again, I, d- I don't want him to just live. Like, he doesn't need to, because no. I don't know. Would that be difficult then if they're friends with the king? If, like, you know, in a in a month's time he gets proclaimed king and it's like, yeah, we saved your life, so give us everything we wanted ever as a level it three party. It seems
1: like it would be very handy for the king to owe you one favour.
0: That's a good way of doing it. One favour. But He's incredibly difficult to come by. He's now surrounded by... You know, because basically, a lot of his family's killed off. Everyone's just elevated in status suddenly. We've got a new level of nobility in the kingdom. Mm. And everyone wants a piece of Bobbot.
1: And of his roast chicken.
0: Well, he doesn't roast his own chicken anymore, which saddens him deeply. Oh, no. No, he's too busy for all that. But yeah, oh, I do like that. The idea that the king owes you one favour.
1: Because then it's like, it's like a wish spell. It's like, what do we use it on? What are your capabilities? I wish for you to cook me one last roast dinner, or... <laughs> I wish for you to grant me access to your teleportation circle that you now have, or... I want everything out of the armory. You'd be like, no. <laughs> like, favours <laughs> within reason. But, sure, here you are with ten greatswords.
0: Enjoy them with regular your two arms. Yeah. yeah. Is Bubbett going to um, turn heel and just, like, pretend like it never happened? Like Ooh. such a craven story if the new king can't get out, you know, like if you if if I grant or maybe do that, if I grant you this one favour, you, you can't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One second, the cat's meowing like crazy.
1: Let's talk combat then, because that is how this is gonna go down, one way or another. Yes. It doesn't really feel like there's a way around it, which is cool. That's fine, it's good to know how things are gonna go. But this thing is an air elemental by trade, and so is resistant to everything other than
0: magic it's resistant to a lot of things but it doesn't have too many hit points like 104 well i guess with resistance that's a lot more yeah you could almost i wouldn't double it necessarily
1: because you're going to have some magic people yeah exactly. possibly have some magic items but i'd say you could add another 50 percent. so you called it 150 hit points yeah you could
0: i think i think i'd probably play it as it is see how the combat's going and then uh, a really cool rule that i saw before about um about how to run combats like rather have a creature left on one hit point for ages and then like the last snip kills it is yeah. working out from the number of d whatever hit points it has work out what its lowest health range is and its highest health ranges mm. and then when you've got that so this is what 16 d8 plus 32 so it's at least 16 plus 32 and at max uh 8 times 16 166 32 you know that's that's the range of health it has so basically once it's within its range you just pick the opportune moment for the combat for that creature to die you know yeah and that's that's a lot of work for if you've got loads of creatures like knowing the range for each one and like decide yeah you, but if you if you've prepped the combat for you can do it
1: that's um, crazy I've never really I've heard that rule before I've never really considered it for something like this where it's like that health range 160 down to like 40 that's a huge range if yeah. you happen to roll really shit dice.
0: Yeah. But um yeah. I, I like the idea of knowing the range because then, like I said, mm. you can just pick the best like combat or thematic story, whatever reason, point in the combat to finish it. You know, it's like yeah. is it when the paladin brings out his massive branding divine smite and does like sixteen d6 plus seventy-eight, you know, whatever stupid crit damage it is. Yeah. Or is it when you know, the fighter whiffs with longsword and does, like, 1 plus 4 damage.
1: It feels wrong, doesn't it, to give them the kill, the final,
0: like, boop? Well, it's like, if if the player's rolled that and they've rolled the 1, they don't feel good about it either. Yeah. Necessarily. So, yeah, I think I think with this creature, because it's one creature, and I'm thinking... I'd probably pitch this whole thing at a lower-end party. It's quite a dangerous creature for their level. Um, yeah. I think I'd probably do it with a range and then end it on something cool or interesting that the party wants to do to kill it. Sure. So t- to be clear with the way that works then, because the lower end of the scale is about 40
1: HP, you're saying it can't die before 40, but after 40, it's kind of fair game if something particularly cool happens or you feel like you've worn your party down maybe too much. And then if it gets to 160, it has to die.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, so it's going to die within that range, but if something interesting or cool happens uh, in the combat, then that's the point that I'm going to do it. Yeah, there's no way to see if it's bloodied or anything so there's no there's nothing mm. the party will know as they're hurting it any sort of like melee character will feel some resistance as their sword or axe or whatever goes through the creature yeah. but they can't, They have no way of knowing if they're hurting it no like arrows will visibly slow as they pass through it Drop and then to the ground, carry on again yeah, yeah. Uh, and spells will sort of like, like imagine like a um, fireball say like as it as it sort of erupts from a point, you'll see it sort of like go around this shape of a big wispy air thing yeah. there's going to be no way for the party to know if they've hurt it, yeah, I think I'd stick with that i'd I'd maybe have it like moan in oren you know if someone if someone speaks Oren, mm. then like, oh fuck, or whatever you know like we, we still I can't like, believe you've done this <laughs> oh, what's Gary's voice again? He's a bit brummy, isn't he? <laughs> he is yeah.
1: Oh! Oh, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good <laughs> one. Yeah, it'll make him just really, like... I want to say plat, but that's Dutch. Like, really, um... Not very eloquent. Sure. But, yeah, otherwise, it just at one point, just, like... I don't know. Probably everyone feels like a big, sort of, small explosion of air. A big, sort of, small. Um, <laughs> they feel like a small explosion of air just, like, wash over them. And, um... Yeah. You know, and then, all of a sudden, they're, sort of airy, windy noises that are swirling through the room that are enough to cease.
1: Would you be able to keep the pressure on or would you consider keeping the pressure on over the course of the battle? It starts off where Bobbitt gets smothered and dropped down to zero HP. Mm-hmm. I guess if that's the case, Bobbitt's rolling death saves throughout unless he gets rest, which is yeah. one thing that keeps either some party focus or keeps things going. Say your party brings him back to not zero hit points or stabilizes him or whatever. Your Invisible Stalker's prime directive is kill that Bobbit. Get yes. him dead. So even though they're being engaged by the party, like one your know, left brain is fending them off but right brain is still wanting to do the deed. So would you have them coming back to do attacks, or would you I guess the question I'm asking is would you be able to fully distract the Invisible Stalker with your party in battle, just for the purposes of mechanics, or would you have yeah. them trying to get back to Bobbit?
0: I would say when at any point when Bobbit is making death throws the air elemental is then leaves him and is engaging with the party that's attacking it. As soon as he gets rezzed again, hmm. the air Element, the, 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 the invisible stalker will return to Bobber and strike him down once more. Yep. And I'd say then probably whoever it is that's done the resing, health potion, spell, whatever, that's then the next target. Smart. So priority order for the invisible stalker is it wants to kill Bobber, get him down to death saves. Anyone that's healed him, and then anyone that's attacking him, and it'll keep it'll keep bumping up to the top of that list as yep. the fight goes on.
1: It's quite important to have that game plan in mind, and I'll, I'll mention again the website I said before. You know, the monsters know what they're doing. Yeah, there's a small excerpt on there on the visible store so because I was having a little look. But just the the principle in general of having a tactic for your your enemies is quite good. Otherwise, it feels like they're randomly choosing somebody to do some damage to.
0: Yeah. And then the temptation comes in as well like, oh, I know that that character is nearly on a death, like nearly down themselves. Suddenly, they turn around and attack someone else, you know?
1: Yeah. You think, would they do that? Why? I mean, if it was a, a feral creature, probably not. If it was someone who was just trying to make a point, maybe they would. Yeah. You know, someone some sentience. So, yeah, I was reading through this exact thing, and Invisible Stalkers are savvy assessors of their opponent's capabilities. But. Inherently constrained to their summoner's commands, so saying mm-hmm. here, yeah. If they're told to kill one person, that's who they attack. Um, but spellcasters who do direct damage or generally wise them off would be next priority. Um, anyone who can see them, so anyone's got like true sight or some okay. other way of seeing them, would be up, you know, high up that list. Um, or anyone that grants advantage on attacks against them or negates the advantage of the stalker. Now, this isn't like a this isn't rules as written, Not this is somebody's interpretation. That, yeah. This is someone's thing. So your idea of like the person who has rezzed Bobbit is now an irritation or an irritant because they will consistently stop Bobbit from dying, and that's that's the goal. So exactly. I think that's that's the perfect play to try and make
0: them the next target. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's his priority list, effectively. Mm. Just talking about going down and resing, um, I had a question for you, because I've got a home a homebrew rule that I use. Mm. But how do you play out being downed and getting back up again.
1: So the way I normally play it is if you're downed and you're revived, you are... Whatever hit points you're resurrected with or you're, you're brought back with, you have, but you start off your next round prone. So you've got to get up. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, I think that's pretty standard.
0: Yeah. Because I, I don't know where this came from, but at some point I got it in my head that you're more limited when you get up again after being downed and I brought in this rule just on the fly one time and then I thought about it afterwards so and I've, I've kept it since because I quite, I quite like it and my, my home rule is that if you're downed, when you're brought back up, whatever way that is, healing potion, spell, whatever, until you do a long rest hmm. in one round of combat you can only do either a bonus action or an action okay you have basically cast slow
1: on them almost
0: yeah, effectively, like you are, you are more limited in what you can do because you've taken this like hefty toll in my mind, I just didn't like the idea of, you know, someone goes down, back up, down, up, down, up. It, didn't, it just didn't didn't play right for me in, in terms mm. of, like, trying to explain it in the sense of a story. So this idea that you are then weakened, you don't want to go into the next room and fight whatever's next. You want to heal up because you're suffering. And if you're not holding yourself back, then there'll be a penalty for having gotten to that point in the yeah. next encounter
1: interesting way of doing it though by doing it by restricting the the actions they can take because the other way you could go would be to give them a point of exhaustion
0: yeah that that's that would be the really easy way to do it definitely
1: that's well it's just another thing but that that hampers you in a different way because that's you know you disadvantage on your abilities saving throws, which means attack roll so yeah you still get to do all of your things but less effectively Yeah, which kind of shows a degree of tiredness or that makes so much more uh, sense. Lethargy, but your way is still kind of cool because it means you're not completely like like stubbing your character's toe. You are just saying you only have the energy to do one of the things you would normally do.
0: That's how I saw it, and I guess yeah, exhaustion would play out. I almost almost wish now I had it the way around. Like exhaustion would work so well as well. But in my mind, I just wanted to like, yeah, you're not as lively, and energetic as you were. Like, you're still good at swinging mm-hmm. your sword. You still, you know, you're still as proficient as you were before. But now you can't swing your sword and um, use your bonus action to whatever else it is you can do. Yeah,
1: I think that makes sense. Have you ever had a football injury? Uh, a few. Yeah, I'm just thinking of all the times I've injured myself through the the noble sport of dodgeball it hasn't stopped my ability to do things that I'm normally good at. I could still probably, if it's not my hand, I could still play guitar. If it's, it's it was always my ankles. (laughs) But so I wouldn't be able to run around or do some things. I would be able to achieve fewer things to the same level of skill. And I'm just basically justifying your thing in my mind. Yeah, "Yeah, I think that's okay. I think that's all right. Yeah. I like homebrew things like that though. Full, Full exhaustion might seem a little harsh, but if you're doing like a, a bit more of a grimdark or a full survival style campaign and you're doing encumbrance and you're counting spell components mm. maybe, yeah do exhaustion that'd be brutal yeah i do like i do like using
0: exhaustion but i didn't think of it in that moment
1: the important thing is to be consistent or if you think something was utter bullshit revise it and just let your party know like we did this last time yeah thought absolutely. about it going forward we're going to do this and generally people are cool with it mm.
0: Anything else you want to know about young Bobbert and his would-be invisible stalker assassin? I feel like there
1: should be. Mm. I feel um, like I need to run through the whole thing again. I'm going to do a little rundown for my own benefit and see if any holes get shaken out. So, party tripped across by Bobbert. This is a session that forces itself upon the party. Cool. That's a good thing. That means mm-hmm. you don't have to waste the first hour of the session actually getting started. Bob's got enough information to provide a sort of a hook. Well, to provide a very real hook. Say, my family are getting killed one by one. I'm next. It's going to happen tomorrow. Cool. Um,
0: Help me, help think, me. I'll give you money. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's the bit, I think, between there and going into the town where... There needs to be probably some explanation or some conversation with Bobber as to why he thinks hunkering down somewhere is the right thing to do.
0: Okay. Maybe he was already on his way to that town because... Um, I don't know. Uh, like you, you, you've, you've, you've given him a wagon, right? So he's like escaping a wagon. Sure. He's a young, noble person. He doesn't know where the fuck he's going. He got lost. Um, he was looking for... I don't know. Some other relative in a bigger city that could maybe defend him better got lost, and now the town is the nearest place. Um, and the town is definitely safer than excuse me, than being out in the woods, yeah, because of XYZ family members that got murdered while on the road. Makes sense, real. Maybe, maybe the murders on the road are all the more brutal than the murders in. You know, someone in their bed was just like gently put to to rest or something. Mm. Whereas the people that tried to es- like like him tried to escape, slashed to pieces, bloody messes. Yeah, it was much more brutal. They've
1: knocked mm. down trees or boulders, crushed people because they had to be done in a hurry. Whereas, yeah, as you say, the sleeping ones—that's just put your hand over the mouth and good night.
0: Mm. But he's not exactly—he accept- doesn't want to die. He wants to escape, but. You know he's running out of time. All he's got now is this town nearby. These adventurers are. I'm so fortunate. You must save me. Mm -hmm. Maybe if the if the party's got any sort of renown in the area, maybe he's like maybe he heard of them and that's why he made a V line towards where he thinks they're going to be. Yeah. You know. Oh, you're the guys that killed that bugbear or something. There is a very small but very real possibility that your party say no. Um, I will give you money. Yeah. Uh, I will give you. I don't know what ask. Well, rather than tell them what I'll give you, it's like, what do you want? I'll give you anything. I have yeah, power. I, I have influence. I have money. I can get you anything you want. I'm about to be the fucking king, and I will not leave your side
1: until you help me. You have to kill me to stop me. And by the way, I'm about to be the king, so don't do that. Uh, they're pretty powerful motivators, if you're honest.
0: Yeah. So the pike can have anything it wants. And they were like, "Ooh, fucking great!" You know, like what we're we gonna have? Uh, well, I want a plus two longsword, and you know, it's like, what's a plus two mean? <laughs> this one's sharp on both sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, sure, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's when you get it, it's a longsword with like the words plus two engraved in it or something. <laughs> Here, it's a plus two longsword. just like you asked for. Spelled P U L Z T O O.
1: They're all plus two. Plus two. <laughs> Weird name for a sword, but okay. Well,
0: all swords have got to have a name, right? Yeah, might as well be plus two. Well, I'm trying to think, you know, like, this is again, just, well, thinking about fantasy things and making things up. It's like, loads of things sound stupid until you give it to something and then that thing becomes memorable or iconic in some way. Such as? You know, fucking SpongeBob SquarePants, right? Right. What a stupid collection of words, but now (laughs) everyone knows what the hell it is. Yes. Fair enough, yeah, good yeah, point. Like, like, every, everything's stupid until it's not. I mean, that seems like a completely universal statement. Well, if I say vague enough things with enough conviction, everyone thinks I'm really smart. Nice. I want that in a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think, I think the motivator for the party is just maybe there is something the party is after or wants anyway, you know, or maybe yeah. it's a time to lean into their character, what's my character's actual desires, rather than some mechanical thing that I could get. You know, there's got to be something. I think this is a cool session idea because it's not...
1: This almost sounds like I'm selling it short, but it's not too much work for a DM. This, you have put some things in place, and you are letting the party or letting the players write the story for you a little bit. You've got... You're going to have a fight. You kind of don't care where it is. You kind of don't care what's going to happen because, you, because your enemy's got some motivation already. It, it kind of... I'm not going to say it writes itself, there's always work, there's always prep, but you're not dragging them through a story kicking and screaming here, and that's
0: ideal. It's collaborative storytelling, and that's where some of the best fun is. You've hit the nail on the head, that's that's, that's exactly how I took this episode idea. I wanted to take what you, you asked me to do, Invisible Stalker, and basically put the question on the party, and then... I, I literally I was imagining myself sitting back and watching them talk amongst themselves about how they're going to do it because that's fun too. Like, mm. I like that. Say, say they think, like, while they're outside town, they're talking about, like, maybe there's this in the town, maybe there's that in town. It's like, hmm, well, maybe there just fucking well is, you know? Like, yeah. Google, Google, Google. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a, um, they're, they're tanning hides and have all the fucking tanning liquids there that you can, of course, have if you, you know, buy them off the, Ted tanner man or whatever like i don't know this is the wind chime center of the world you know the the druid yeah he's there he lives in this little crag just outside town he has all kinds of wind chimes and dream catchers and you know that's his whole deal as you approach his little hovel you hear like the tingling, ling -ling ling that's how you know you're getting close
1: the flour mill is powered by an enslaved air elemental who you can befriend and turn against the evil <laughs> air elemental coming your way. Now you've said it, yes. <laughs> but that would require knowledge that it was an air elemental as well. the thing? I didn't want
0: to let him know it was an elemental, but... No, 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 no,
1: no, absolutely not. You could seed little fruits around that give them the ability to speak Aurum, but then send them slightly insane.
0: No, that, who, would, who would ever think of that idea? Shit idea. No, I'm looking at you. <laughs> No, and this is worth saying, it is you, because you did it, forgetting that one of your party already spoke over Correct. (laughs) Which was funny. And, like, you had the whole conversation in secret chat, so I don't know what was said. It wasn't recounted afterwards, but it was funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a real moment of, like, congrats, you beat me. (laughs) You beat me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Double down on it, though. Oh, yeah. The conversation itself was—I mean, I don't know if this spoils the the memory for you—but the conversation was very much along the lines of "Who are you?" and he was like, "We just want to pass through. Can we walk over your bridge?" And they've gone, "Yeah, I guess. Just don't come back." <laughs> and that was it. It was just a
0: thanks for asking. See you later. So, what's going to happen then when you send us back the same direction? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic!
1: Cool. We all set then. I think we're set. I think that's good. I think I've had enough of that seeping into my mind. I've got a nice handle on that. Top chat.
0: Good sesh. Good. Glad you like it. The mill, which in the day before had been a bustling hive full of workers from the town, was now silent. Eerily silent. The only noise to be heard was the wind whistling through the holes in the roof above. That was until Crunk became bored. It was between two and what felt like seven hours into his fourth shift watching the young Bobbit while the rest of the party slept. And he was beginning to wonder if the young noble was actually in any real danger or if the curse that had befallen his family had grown as bored as he was with the young human he was an exceptionally boring young man. They'd come across the boy four days prior after taking care of some bandits that had tried to extort a toll on them for crossing through their turf. After introducing a few of them to the pointy end of his war pig, the boy had wrestled free of his captors as the survivors turned tail and fled. Apparently, he'd announced to them that he was somewhere in the line to the throne and promised the ne'er-do-wells money in exchange for their protection from some invisible assassin. They'd of course seen that as an opportunity to take him prisoner and try to blackmail his rich family. More fools them. Had they not heard the latest gossip? Most of the royal family had died in one way or another. It seemed to be about the only thing that anyone around here ever wanted to talk about. The curse this, the curse that. Ooh, Sir Ponderous the 43rd has been stabbed by a ghost. Dame Blah Blah Face the 17th twice removed but four times reintroduced drowned in the bath or while running a bath or just after a bath or something. Anyway, Bobbert hadn't learned and had done exactly the same with the party promising them riches beyond their wildest dreams if they could keep him safe from this would-be assassin. Hmm, a nice bath. That's what I'll do after we get out of this dusty bloody mill thought Crunk. Maybe I'll have Bobbitt cock us up another few fowl. Boy, can that whiny little chicken roast a good bird. His mind wandered as he thought about the comforts that awaited him after collecting his share of the riches that young Bobbit had promised him. Crunk <laughs> woke with a fright as he heard Bobbert's chair fall to the ground. Grabbing his warpeg, he looked up and saw Bobbitt floating some two feet off the ground, grasping in his throat as he rasped for air. There was nothing else to be seen. Perhaps it was a ghost. Snips, now! bellowed Krunk, waking the rogue as well as the rest of the party. Snips laid up in the rafters and was loaded like a spring. On waking, she instinctively flicked out an arm, shearing the rope beside her with a dagger grasped in her hand. A series of ropes were set free as several bags of flour crashed to the floor below, releasing plumes of white powder into the air. Krunk was already halfway across the room by now, warpick raised high above his head. As the dust settled, he began to see the outline of the would-be assassin, giving him just enough time to adjust his swing to strike the creature, rather than young Bobbert. The trap was sprung.
1: Right, you need to give me a week's worth of stuff to do.
0: Homework time. Homework! Right, Jake. Mmm. For me. A pair of apprentice potion makers. How would you run that? Cool. Okay. But not just one apprentice potion maker. No. DOS apprentice potion makers. I'm
1: going to have to steer away from the classic potion maker meme. we have seen that. No, what's that? it's it's an old bit of YouTube poop where I think someone's like discovered one of the first or one of the early um, filters or you know, uh, l- layers that sort of like warped your face so like it pulls your nose in but all it's actually doing is like a constant filtering so if you put your head up to the top your chin gets big but then you move down right. your nose gets big and he's just doing two characters where he leans forward and he's like the- oh potion maker I must go on this quest to slay the dragon I need your strongest potions and he zooms out and is all like pins like, oh hero you cannot take my potions they're far too strong it's just five (laughs) minutes of this back and forth but it's it's some classic youtube that i will link to you in a moment i need to have a look
0: at that but yes yes, these potions will not be too strong maybe they are but these are apprentice (laughs) potion makers so without leading you astray too much like they are not fully fledged potion makers no two apprentice potion makers
1: two apprentice potion makers yeah leave it with me I'm going to have a a little session planned for you in a week nice looking forward to it thanks again for joining us for another episode of our D&D podcast how would you run that please give a like a subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts in particular it'd be great if you could leave us some comments on iTunes and voice notes on the Anchor platform Anchor.fm spread the word and we'll speak to you again next week thanks everyone catch you later